0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law back on first take getting you ready for
1: week five saints versus seattle seahawks in the caesar superdome welcoming in now wwl's mike detillier mike d's notebook brought to you by the sports medicine center of thibodeau regional health system good morning mike how is your game day going thus far
2: Doing well, man. Doing well. But we haven't kicked off yet, so uh, let's find out.
1: Yeah, amen to that. And it's going to be interesting today. I'm really curious to see one big matchup on the field, and that's going to be Marshawn Lattimore against DK Metcalf. We saw Lattimore get a little cook last week against Justin Jefferson. Can he rebound in this game? But, man, DK Metcalf is no joke to go against.
2: No. uh, Man, you know, just – Deuce and I were talking about this uh, during the week, that uh, he came to Manning, him and A.J. Brown. um, They hadn't had a wide receiver duo hit Manning like that since, you know, OBJ and and, uh, Jarvis Landry came uh, one time uh, to work. And just to see him really up close and personal, he's a really big man. I mean, he looks like a defensive end, Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you. But, you know, long, tall guy, can stretch your fields, got great foot speed. Um, now, a lot of people, I thought he was a first-round pick talent. How he got to fall that far into round two, I'd never, never. I, it really was a strange draft that you sort of pegged him as maybe – he was a little stiff. He didn't run certain routes, that sort of thing. All I know, he's a big play guy. Every time he hits the field, he makes a ton of big plays, and he can stretch the field with his foot speed. So, yeah, he's he's different than Jefferson in a lot of ways, but, uh, man, he is a guy that with the ball in his hands, he's dangerous and he doesn't have to be open to come up with the catch because of his size and his lift. I mean, it's just, uh, he, he's an interesting player in that, man, he gives you everything he's got on every play. There's no quitting him. And yeah, it gonna, it's gonna It's going to be a back-to-back uh, tough test for a lot of more. And I suspect that that's who they're going to have uh, sort of shadowing DK Metcalf the entire game. And, Normally, we don't see that from Lattimore, for him to play like that. But every once in a while, somebody's got your number. I don't care how good you are. Um, And his number got pulled last week. Man, Jefferson was just fabulous. But I think he bounced back in a big way. But they're different receivers. And because of the size and length of uh, DK Metcalf, he presents a lot of challenges going up against him.
3: Yeah, I think uh, if you want to use the Cam Jordan line, the King Orc Smurf, that's uh, what he <laughs> called him last year. Now, I, I do think it's an interesting matchup. And I, I think Lattimore has over the years, I think we've seen that he is more effective in the kind of knockdown drag out matchups. You know, the Mike Evans is the DK Metcalfs. And he seems to struggle a little more with the more technical wide receivers, right? Justin Jefferson isn't trying to push you out of the way. He's trying to set you up and run the other direction. And so I think to me, that's what it looks like. When I see Marshawn go up against DK, I think they match up a little better. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I think the physicality, he, he likes to kind of get in the chest of a receiver and sort of mess around with your route real quickly. Uh, right off the bat, he's done that with Evans. And so I think it's similar. The only thing, though, uh, with DK, and I see that chemistry between him and Gino is that Gino will put a ball up in flight and almost say, DK, go up and get it, you know? And sometimes even when you open, you know, you he's not really open, but he comes up with a catch because of his athleticism. He can make that big play. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, and he's just kind of part of it. The one thing, and I'll never forget uh, Coach O, uh, who coached with Pete Carroll at USC would say that, Every year they go out to try to find a big, tall receiver. And I think back at a Mike Williams at USC who was built a certain way. He was similar size-wise to DK. They always had that type wide receiver. And so DK sort of fits what Pete did back at his in the heyday when he was coaching uh, at uh, Southern California. And it sort of. Get up in the air, go make a play. Doesn't necessarily have to be open. Just go up and make a play.
3: You know, just kind of shifting course here. um, Still sticking on the Seahawks. You know, one of the interesting players, I think, he did play in last year's matchup, but he was out snapped by Alex Collins. I think he was still coming back from an injury at that point. Rashad Penny, you know, former first round draft pick. This is a guy who, you know, out of San Diego State, teams expected him to be a legitimate NFL talent. Um, And he just hadn't gotten a chance you know he sat behind Chris Carson for a while and Chris Carson seventh round pick um you know outperformed his draft slot by a mile he was in the same draft as Alvin Kamara if you want to believe that um and so but Rashad Penny is finally getting that chance to be that featured running back and I think he's showed pretty well what have you seen from him uh you know the first four weeks of the season
2: yeah having watched him at San Diego State he was a great all-purpose back as a runner and a receiver coming out the backfield um He's the type of guy that, okay, he'll gain three, he'll gain four, next play. It's 16 yards downfield, then he'll get a 20. Then, you know, he just keeps sort of banging away at you. He's always been that type back. Early on in his career, he had some injuries. And Carson, who is, was strictly north-south, there was no wiggle in him. He was a straight-up-the-field runner. Man, Pete liked that because, again, I go back to those Southern Cal days. You know, he had Reggie Bush, Lindell White. They want to run the ball. That's what Pete has always kind of built his offenses around. He had Marshawn Lynch. And he thought that Penny could be that type of back. And he never was until we saw it late last year. He got off, and to end the season, three straight 100-yard gains. And then last week, again, it was against Detroit. Man, he he got off again with it. And uh, he's got some wiggle, but he is kind of a north-south hit the hole. And then once he's there, then he's got another speed gear to kick into and break out into the open field. He's also a really good receiver coming out of the backfield. Can he hold up? Because that's been the issue for him in the NFL, uh, he's always seemingly had something physically that has bothered him. But when he's healthy, Rashad Penny's a really good player. And we saw it last week uh, against the Lions, him just go off. And they, he was gashing them. And the surprising part was they were doing this with two rookie tackles. And they weren't – those guys aren't noted as run blockers. Uh, you think about Charles Cross, who's the left tackle. He came out of Mississippi State. And Abraham Lucas from Washington State. They're both from air raid teams. You know, it, it's the leech kind of effect. Throw the football all over the field. It's more about pass protection. But, man, they, they were coming off the ball real strong. And they gave Penny a little bit of room, and that's all he needs. So I think he's the big key today. I really believe that. That Stop him. Slow him down. Make sure he's not gashing you. Because when that happens, then you end for a long day. But if you can stop him, my thing is, if Geno Smith's going to be the dude to beat me, <laughs> God bless him. But I'm not going to let Penny be the main part of that. And I think last week the Lions kind of did some things of not trying to slow down Penny and just trying to put pressure on Geno, and it didn't work. So I think he's the key guy offensively. And I think running back has always been the key position in any Pete Carroll coach team offensively. They want to run the football and set the tempo and keep your offense off the field.
1: Mike, looking at these uh, opponent rosters week to week, you always like to point to some of the LSU players that are on there. And Seattle on offense has guard Damian Lewis. I uh, was really surprised to see a uh, defensive tackle. Al Woods is still in the league, uh, was actually on the Saints for a while. And then, obviously, safety Jamal Adams, who was a big loss for this team uh, right now uh, with an injury. I know he had surgery recently. And is progressing well, but man, not having Adams in, in that t- on that defense is a real big hit for Seattle.
2: Yeah, man, let me tell you about Al Woods. You're talking about one <laughs> of the nicest dudes you ever want to meet. Uh it's Al Woods. And man, he's a survival, right? Yeah. You know, he has survived in this week at a position that you don't normally get that type of length uh when you're talking about playing time. And he came into the league uh from LSU a super highly recruited football player for LSU. Didn't play a lot early and got to play some late in his career, but man, he has stretched it out well, but uh, God bless him, man, to play this long. Uh, It's a big loss for Seattle not to have Jamal because their defenses really have always been built around the safeties. And when you think about it, USC had Troy Polamala, you know, and at Seattle he had Earl Thomas. And, you know, uh, Cam Chancellor, those defenses in Seattle and at, when he was coaching at USC were built around the safeties. And he used to kind of mix and match a lot with the safeties. And Jamal could do this, is his ability to get pressure as a pass rusher coming off the edge. And you look at that team, they don't have one guy that you can say for sure, and that guy's going to give me a lot of problems as a pass rusher. Jamal would have been that guy, and he's done it. They would blitz him a lot. Uh, not having him in the lineup is a big loss for Seattle. Uh, and Jamal's now, and he's had a ton of injuries the last couple of years. And, well once you start to get him, Steve, then, man, it's difficult to kind of unplug it. It seems to be one injury after another after another. When they gave up everything they gave up for Jamal uh, to get him away from New York, from the Jets, that's what they envisioned, for him to be an Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor-type guy. um, It just hasn't worked out because physically he hasn't held up. That's a big loss for them because he was the guy that they were counting on to get extra edge pressure, and it's something that uh, the Seahawks have not been able to generate with that front four.
3: You know, Mike, when I go back and look at that that Lions box score, that Seahawks-Lions box score, the thing that pops out, obviously, 48 to 45, which is a crazy number. But also, you know, TJ Hawkinson, eight catches, 179 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, for you look at the Saints, a team that really hasn't incorporated their tight ends, whether it be Adam Troutman, whether it be Jawan Johnson, whether it be if you want to call Taysom Hill a tight end, I don't think he's really played like a tight end. To this point is this a game where you know maybe Andy Dalton can get Adam Troutman a little more involved because that's that's the part of the offense that I feel like has been very very underserved from a from a from a yardage from a target perspective to this point
2: yeah and again we saw a little bit more of it last week with Troutman and Jawan Johnson uh, involved more in the offense and uh, if you you go back to those Cincinnati days uh, Andy Dalton had Tyler Eifert a former Notre Dame tight end who put up some nice numbers. Probably what I thought was keeping him on the field because, man, he had injuries every year and and during the season. But Andy likes to throw the football to the tight end as an outlet. And I think you're going to see more and more of them try to pump the football downfield to the tight end with Andy. It's a comfort zone for him. He feels like, okay, i got that little outlet to have that mismatch downfield with the tight end. So I'd agree with you, Jeff, that I think you're going to see more of it uh, go to the tight end and getting Troutman more involved because that was his strength. When he was in college, he was a pass catcher. Uh, He wasn't noted as a, a run blocker or a pass protector. Now, when you look at him in the NFL, he's been a better run blocker than he's been a receiver. So he sort of flipped the pancake on you as a as from a scouting report standpoint. Well you saw him last week; he got involved in the passing game. So uh, we know Johnson—that's his forte. He's got to be able to catch the football and be that target downfield. And I think Andy's sort of used to that. And he'll try to get him the football. And I think you're going to see the tight ends used a lot. But they got to find a way to get Taysom Hill more touches as a runner and a receiver. Uh, This offense, uh, Kamara to me, he's the short of turns to drink. But Taysom Hill is a guy that's a playmaker. And they've got to figure out a way to have him more touches out on that football field.
1: Talking to WWL's Mike Dettillier and wondering how you're feeling about this game today. I know it's tough with this squad because, you know, can they fix the penalties? Can they stop turning the ball over uh, but come into this matchup as a five-point favorite against a two-and-two two Seattle squad that's looked dangerous? And uh, just wondering, you know, what's your gut telling you heading into this matchup?
2: Desperate teams normally play all out. <laughs> right. You know, is, is there a more desperate team now? than uh, the Saints, they understand uh, they, they can't follow one and four. Just can't do it. And so I think you're going to have a lot of effort here. I, I think this is a close game now, and I'm surprised that number has sort of stayed the way it has because uh, I always thought that this would be more of a field goal type game between the two teams. Agreed. Uh, but, man, at that five point at some places is five and a half. Uh, tells you that um, they got a lot of confidence the Saints will play well at home, and yet we know the last eight games have been two wins, six losses. Man, you tell that to people away from New Orleans, they like, can't be. But it's reality. This team, the last eight games, have not played well in the Dome and have not come out with a W. But today, I think it changes. I think the Saints pull out. The the win today against Seattle. But I think it's going to be a tough win, a hard fought win. But you know what? Get the W. Find a way to win. Because you can't win two games unless you win the first one. (laughs) First. And that's the way you got to do it today.
1: Amen to that, Mike. I'm hoping we get back into that win column as well. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Appreciate it. And hear from you more uh, coming up next on the Bud Light Countdown to Kickoff, which starts at 10 a.m.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?